Hey everyone, my name is Yaru, and you're listening to the Daydream Rose podcast. Welcome back. Have a beautiful Friday, and thank you so much for listening. I am treating you today to a really special interview with Jess Grupo, who is such a beautiful dancer, but also so much more than that. It's really fun to work with her. I had so many giggles recording this, and we talked about a lot of things that I really care about,、um, like the joy of dancing in your own way, and why that's so liberating. How we can overcome body issues, and how we can enjoy creative processes that are really authentic and easy, and just feel like we're in a good flow. So I hope you'll enjoy this episode. If you like, also check Jess's "You Can Dance Again" program out. It looks really exciting. And just a small update from me. You can probably hear the puppy in the background. <laughs> the whole puppy live, I think, is a whole other story for another episode and a zine that I'm writing about dog love. But in the meantime, I'll just say that I have updated my Patreon offerings.、Um, I have a special Patreon page that explains in a little bit more easily digestible way what you're getting in return for your pledge,、um, which is the Embodied Magic program. In a self-study form. So, if you remember, I've run this in a as a membership for two years, which was really fun, and I've now kind of converted the whole thing into a 13-module year-long self-study program, where each month you're receiving a new package of、um, ritual ideas, tarot spreads,、um, recorded movement practices, journaling prompts, visualizations, meditations. Playlists, all kinds of good stuff.、Um, so you can check that out. You also get access to my community on Mighty Networks, where I'm posting weekly journaling prompts, and where you can hang out with all kinds of really lovely people and talk about your practices and ask questions or share what's coming up for you. You'll also get access to digital copies of all my zines. Oh my god, he found a squeaky toy. I'm so sorry. Okay, so you get dig- digital copies of all my zines. I am have just written a new one called Bathing in Softness. I'm writing a second version of Becoming a Country Crow. So if you read the first one, this will be the continuation. And yeah, lots of other ones. There's ones on loss and grief and relationships and things I'm learning out in nature. <laughs> so sorry about this creaking. I can't、uh, bring myself to take it away from him. So he looks so happy. And I'm almost done recording. Um, what you also get is ten percent off readings for me, and seasonal life classes. So in January, I ran a three-part class on tarot as a light in the dark. And what's coming up next is、um, a class on. Um, zine writing, zine making, and memoir writing—that I'm really excited about. So, if that's interesting to you,、um, you can get access to all these things by pledging three dollars or more on my Patreon, and the link for that is in the profile. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy, and let me know what you think. Hi, everyone. I am super excited to speak to Jess Grupper today. Um, I have not had a dancer on the podcast. I think just sends really beautiful newsletters. I mean that I receive very few of them, as you know, and so I'm very discerning with my newsletter receiving.、Um, but Jess's work is really beautiful. She's written a book. She is doing some really cool dance videos, and she's just generally a really funny, wonderful person. And I'm excited to ask her a ton of questions. So, Jess, thank you so much for being here and for doing the beautiful work that you do in the world. Thank you. Thanks for that beautiful introduction <laughs> and for having me. Yay! I would love to start by asking you where you are in the world right now and what nature is like around you. 
I am in the the jungles of Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> Not a ton of nature, but actually the the part. So Brooklyn, if anybody isn't familiar, Manhattan is technically, you know, like the center of New York City, and Brooklyn is one of the boroughs outside of it. Um, and I live in a neighborhood where I'm pretty close to Prospect Park, and so and there's trees around, so I do have some nature, uh, which I love, and I also love being close to a city type of vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a cool vibe. I miss it. I'm going to come soon, so yay. Yay. (laughs) Um, I would love to know what dance means to you at this point in your life, and if you want to share also how you get started dancing. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. I would say dance to these days means to me mostly a form of emotional expression that happens through my body and without words. Um, Although I guess sometimes there's words or vocalizations that might come out of it, but um, it, uh, I think for so many years when I was like a young ballerina and I, you know, I was, I was so in that world of perfectionism and needing to get perfect technique and wanting to meet everyone else's approval and, I had no concept of emotional expression with dance. Like it was purely physical. It was like a sport. It was like something that I was just practicing at and an art as well. But like, but back then it really lacked anything else other than just like, I need to be good. Mm -hmm. And it took me leaving the ballet world left when I was 19, didn't dance um, much for years. And then in my late twenties, when I wanted to get back into it, I think like, I don't think I would express those words at the time, but it was that seeking of some sort of expression. Like it became less, so much less about the physical practice and more about just what did I want to, you know, like what needed to move through me on that day and how did I feel? And, you know, it, it came from like accessing a deeper, a deeper side of, of me. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. I really feel I can see the joy that's coming through your body when I look at your pictures and those little gifts that are on your website. They're really, really fun to watch. So I'm recommending everyone that goes to check out the link in the show notes uh, just to really illustrate what you just said. Um, when I look at those uh, pictures and videos, I feel like you are really someone I would like to join in dancing. And I don't say that lightly because like many people, I'm really awkward about my own dancing. And I'm interested in why it is that so many of us feel we have to be drunk and in a dark room to dance, right? (laughs) When actually it can be so fun and liberating and expressive, like you said. Totally. hmm. Yeah. And I'm curious if you don't mind sharing like what, what has been your, I I call it your dance story, you know, (laughs) what dance has been like for you, what it is now. Yeah. Um, Thank you for asking. I, I mean, I think I've always felt joy in movement as a child and I was um, for, for some strange reason, actually it isn't that strange, but (laughs) I know why that happened. But my grandmother paid for ballet classes when I was like, 
I think five to seven or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, my parents really didn't have money for anything extra, but it was really close to my grandmother's heart. And I think there's a lot about what she was hoping it would help me grow into, like the kind of woman that she was hoping I would become in some way, um, hoping that I would get married and be really secure. And, you know, it's just a very different generation. And also um, my uh, grandmothers both kind of barely survived the Second World War. So I think they were very focused on like conventional beauty, uh, ideally being straight and then <laughs> and then ballet kind of being one piece of this puzzle where they were hoping it would kind of you know secure some kind of future for me um and I remember really loving um the the kind of freeform part of those ballet classes um but also I was always like a very kind of round short I love call it, thinking of my body as like really sturdy <laughs> um, and so I was really sticking out in that ballet class and it gave me so much self-confidence uh, self-consciousness uh, so and then as a teenager I started drinking pretty soon I was growing up in like an urban inner city environment and that's just what everyone did so um I started going out when I was maybe 13 or something like that. I don't know how I got into clubs, but I think things weren't that strict back then. And I remember really enjoying dancing then and dancing along and singing and, but kind of always being a little bit tipsy to really get into the mood. And that's a shame. And so in my twenties, I joined some movement classes, but I think what still feels like for me, the next big step that I haven't, um, really approached yet is doing some kind of improv class or something that I can't prepare for in terms of movement if that makes sense so I think for me like going to a class with a committed group of people that do some kind of work together um, that's fairly intuitive and unstructured like that's still outside of my comfort zone but I would love to get there and mm -hmm. so I dance at home sometimes and I really love that yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally hear you. And I, I feel like I feel like ballet is like the patriarchy in dance form. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I mean, not all I'm like, that's a very general statement. And I don't mm -hmm. mean anyone who does that because I still do. I teach ballet, actually. And I teach very free form, open forum type of dance classes. Like I I've come to appreciate both, but I think in the traditional way that, you know, I hear that so often, like being a young person and being in this sort of environment where your body might not fit into the ideal and, you know, like maybe it's hard to follow the steps and you just want to like roam free, <laughs> but like, it, right. It's so easy at that age to be like, Oh, well, I'm not a dancer. Mm -hmm. And then we shut down that part of ourselves and we grow up. And like you said, like maybe alcohol comes into play or like, maybe there's like those moments that open us back up. Um, but it's sometimes it doesn't, you know, sometimes it takes a long time. And I think that's, that's why I'm so, passionate about doing the work that I do because I've seen like for myself and for people I've worked with like when you bring dance back into your life in a way that feels good for you and for your body you know it's I mean it it affects so much more than just your body in that moment you know it shifts you it, mm. it opens up different neural pathways in your brain it 
you know, yeah, can change so much. Mm-hmm. It really, really can. You're totally right. Yeah. Um, speaking about bodies, if you want to share, I would love to hear how dancing has um, maybe interrelated with your relationship with your body in some way and how that has changed over the course of your life. Oh, yeah. That's a good question. Um, well, so I'll backtrack again to those ballet days where I think, you know, I, I feel like at some point we all just love our bodies. We're not even aware we have bodies. We just are bodies, you know, and we're babies and we're young kids. It's just like, oh yeah, of course, this is me. Right. And then we start to become like our head energy starts to strengthen and we start to become separate from our bodies and look at them from the outside and all this stuff. And for me, that definitely happened. Um, in the ballet classrooms when I, as a teenager, um, and I also, I didn't, I didn't get my period. This was a big part of my body story. I didn't get my period at all as a teenager. I was like 16 and I spotted a little bit, but then like nothing else happened. And, um, and I was also, you know, I, I was, I was practicing some restrictive eating, you know, being in the ballet environment. Like I, I was, I was never, I don't, I don't know if I would call it an eating disorder. It never got full blown to the point where I got outside help, but I was, you know, definitely teetering on that line and wanting to be thinner and feeling like I needed to, like I said, like do better and be good, which in ballet that also required being thinner. And I didn't see any other options with dance at the time. Um, And so then like my body just wasn't menstruating and I went to like specialists. And then by the time I was 18, still hadn't gotten my period, they put me on the birth control pill. And then for me, the pill was, it, it, you know, it faked a bleed. I was bleeding because of the pill then every month, but it also like, I mean, if I wasn't already shut down in a way, because I was so focused on like technique and being perfect, like it shut down. I, I feel like it shut down my creative energy. Like I just became kind of like blank in a way and unable to access the full range of my emotions. And, um, and I went to college and I quit ballet and then it was kind of like, and then quitting ballet, going into college, I then, um, you know, I then started like eating differently. I wasn't exercising as much. My body started to change um, by my mid twenties. I don't, I don't know cause I don't measure things with weight, but I was, you know, my body was bigger. It was different than it was. Um, and, and at that time I was, trying to find ways to get my period back. And I had worked with a woman, Elisa Vitti, um, who was a close mentor um, of mine at the time. And I, I actually went on to become a holistic health coach and work with her and her company. Um, Cause through, through that work together, I got off the pill. I changed my diet. Um, I started to, I started to kind of flip the, Oh, I'm just, always paying attention to what I'm eating and I'm worried about it to just like more of an inside out approach of like, how do I need to nurture my body? What is, what do my hormones need to eat? Not just, you know, not just like calories in calories out, but the quality of food that I'm eating clearly is affecting, you know, what's going on with my body. And so, so it became like, that was huge for me. And um, we also did a lot of work around like feminine energy and, 
um, noticing how much I was in more of like the masculine, the heady side, the go, 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 do, 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 figure it out mode rather than tapping into uh, my body and my emotions and um, that receptivity, right, of like allowing things rather than always pushing. And, you know, so like all of that was like a huge part of my journey with my body that helped to switch things. Um, and I became, I think I became less critical of my body. And then like, for me, what was huge was like, once, once I started to like rediscover dance and creative expression, and like, I took a solo performance workshop that was like, not just dance, you know, it was like writing and speaking on stage and, um, and movement came in as well. I was like, Oh, like my body is a creative vessel. Like, what if I, what if I approached it as like, my body is just made to express things and move and create. And if I could see myself in that way, I like, you know what I mean? Like I became, let me, am I saying this right? I became the subject, not the object. Like, <laughs> right? not, not like the object. I'm like, what do I look like? Am mm-hmm. I fitting into my old jeans yet? Or la 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 la. Like, no, like how can I just, be with with myself and see what wants to come out of it so that was a long-winded way of sharing my journey with my body but clearly I mean I think it's always like a it's always a journey um it is yeah yeah Mm, thank you so much for sharing yeah that that makes so much sense to me and um I'm, I'm so glad that you returned to dancing and sharing that with all of us I wonder what you did at college um did you do something completely different I kind of I studied um psychology sociology gender studies cool combination yeah so I was like I knew I wanted to help people and for me at the time the way that I was relating to dance at the time in that strict ballet environment, I was like, well, I'm not helping anyone doing this. And you know, how is that? How is me dancing in the studio every day going to make any difference in the world? So there was that part of me that wanted to, you know, wanted to work with people more directly. So Mm -hmm. the traditional psychology world wasn't for me, which I realized my first year. So then I transferred to a school in which I got an individualized major where I could kind of like mix and match different things. And I, yeah, I took, I took a lot of really cool courses and, um, and it's interesting because then, you know, I didn't know it at the time, but moving on to become a holistic health coach and do primarily women's health coaching, I was utilizing a lot of that, like the, the gender studies and the psychology and just working with people came into play later on. And it still does, right? Like now I've come full circle where like dance is a mode where I get to help people. Mm -hmm. Um, And my background in all those other areas are, you know, clearly a part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, I love your writing as well. And just generally the way that you're allowing yourself to be in creative flow. I wonder what the process of writing your book was like and what kept you going through it. Mm. So writing my book, well, I've, I've always been a writer. I want to say before I was a dancer, but maybe not. I've always danced too. <laughs> um, you know, like I wrote in my first at like 13 years old when I was, um, I was commuting from New Jersey to New York city for ballet classes at the time And I was, you know, I'd be like on my own, like taking the subway and like, like just being in the city. And I would like meet these characters who worked in like the 
the poster shop on, on 8th Street and like had these like, and I started like writing an autobiography when I was like 13. I was so dramatic about everything. I was like, this is my life, this is what's going on. Um, so I was always like drawn to writing and I like feeling like I had some sort of book, you know, in me. And then um, before dance came into the picture more fully, I was, I had transitioned from women's health coaching to creativity coaching. And so I was working with people primarily on helping them revive an aspect of their creative expression as a way to help with a life transition or make a life transition or, uh, you know, just generally feel better and, and make a change in their life. Um, and a book started to develop out of that where I think at the time I called it creative self-preservation. The idea of like, we need to keep ourselves afloat in life through our creative expression. Like when life is shitty, like how, like making lemonades out of lemons, right? Mm -hmm. Like that sort of concept, right? And like art making creativity in whatever form. So I'd started writing it back then and as uh like as dance came more to the surface for me um I started to see how like wait maybe maybe the book has more to do with dance maybe that's like the direction I'm going and like I remember I was riding my bike in Brooklyn one day this had to be I don't even know the timeline to be honest I want to say 2014 something like that like it was a while ago and I had the title just popped in my I was like dance with this book OMG (laughs) dance with this that's so funny it's like you can literally it's like dance with this book let this book be a guide to help you dance again but also pick up this book and literally dance with it like it just I I just like was giggling I was like oh my god like I had like that moment And then, um, you know, and then like the idea came in and then I think the first couple of years, like I would, you know, I was doing a lot of other things for work. So it wasn't like this was my full-time thing, you know, but like when I had time to dabble in it, I would write and I would, you know, I start to have a chapter outline and, um, I worked with someone, um, an editor, Tyla, Tyla Fowler, who became, she was also my uh, content editor for like the next version of the book that came out. But so at the time, like she was helping me and we like, we were like really working on it and it was like going somewhere, but for some reason it didn't quite, I knew there was something missing and I didn't know what it was. And it felt like now looking back, I think it was, it was coming more from my head and what like, Oh, this, this makes tidy sense to have, you know, like I'm going to call the intro backstage and then I'm going to call the, like it was all like analogies with like backstage, taking your first steps, doing this, blah, blah, blah. And it felt kind of boring to me, to be honest. Um, and I went through a lot of like, which I actually talk about in the introduction of the current version of the book. I was going through a lot of like just personal, personal challenges, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I can totally, I don't mind talking about it, but I, I'll spare you the boring details. <laughs> you could read the book if you want. But I was struggling a lot with money, with my mental health, with like just, yeah, just being a human. And um, I went upstate on a whim to this like workshop and 
Kyle Cease, the guy who led the workshop, he, he did this one exercise like on like the last day that was just like, cause someone was like, how do you write a book? What did it And he was like, here, this is what you do. We did, we had just done an exercise of like lessons we've learned in life. Right. And he was like, pick one lesson, write it at the top of the page. Then you're going to make 16 different things. And on each of those, you're going to write one thing, blah, 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 like whatever. I don't even remember exactly what he said, but I just wrote the most random 16 things, which later I pared down to 13. And those are still like almost exactly what the chapter titles are today. And I'm telling you, I mean, like in a matter of a few minutes, I was just like, and I'm going to look at the thing so I could say it. Yeah. I was like, you don't have to do it right. Be your own DJ. You can't stop the feeling, rear end it, follow your heart. Boredom is brilliant. And I, I swear, like, I didn't know, like, this was, I didn't know where it was coming from, but all of these chapter titles just came out of me. To me, like, the, a lot of them made me laugh. Like, my mother thinks you're great, you know? <laughs> um, and I was like, I was like, oh, this is exciting to me. Like, it, it brought back some sort of what I feel like is the mystery of creativity, you know, where it's like, cool. I just wrote these things totally out of the blue, right? Like Mm -hmm. some creative channel that was coming through me. And now I got to fill in the blanks with like, what do each of these mean? And on the train ride back that later that day or that at the end of the week, again, I wrote the first four chapters just like without even blinking an eye. Like it just like all poured out of me on these seemingly random topics. But what I realized later was like, whatever I'd written out, gave me the structure that I had needed to really get to kind of like the core concepts that I wanted to touch on. And it wasn't, I didn't, it it wasn't delivered in this like linear way that the first version was, you know? So I think for me, that's what made this version much more exciting. And that's when I knew I was getting closer to being ready to like publish. Cause I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. This is really exciting to me and it's different. And um, Yeah. That is so cool and beautiful. I'm really excited to read this book and I love how it came to be in this like magical nonlinear process. And yeah, I think sometimes things just fall into place. That has definitely happened to me too. And I think the the movement literally physically, emotionally is so important to be in a space where this can come through, right? Um so yeah, that makes sense. And thank you so much also for naming that um, you were struggling with mon- money and your mental health. I think that's a, an experience that so many of us share and it is yeah still important to name that. I think we have way to go to really um, kind of unshame that and yeah. make that something super casual to mention. And I'm glad it's part of your work and that you have found a way to be so inclusive. I think when I look at your Instagram or your website, or when I read your newsletters, I never feel like um, this is just shiny, pretentious stuff. You know, I think I see someone having done a lot of work and having really kind of found a way to come back into creative flow and expansion. And that's beautiful to watch and it doesn't have to be perfect, but it's very exciting. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I would love to hear a bit more about the, you can dance program and why you think we can all dance. Mm, Yeah. Well, I I do think we can dance and um, you know, and I call it, you can dance again And I've like toyed with the idea of changing it to you can dance period. But 
when I say again, like for some people, that means that they used to dance, right? But then they quit when they became a quote unquote adult and, you know, like had more responsibilities. And now I can't dance. My kids can dance, but I can't dance, right? Or maybe like you never formally danced, but like, but I think we all danced as like young children, right? Like we all, like I mentioned earlier, we're just so connected to our bodies before the reality of like socialization comes in and we start to like be self-conscious about our bodies. Um, so the idea is that um, dancing, dancing again in your own way, in the body that you have right now, i.e. like not once I lose a few pounds or once I get in shape, then I'll dance or all that. No, it's like the body you have right now is the body that is made to dance. And you can choose how you dance. It doesn't have to be what you think you should do or what you thought you should do at some point. And choosing to dance in your own way is a radical act. I think it's a revolution, a rebellion. Um, I, I throw around, we, we've, I've started calling programs and things that I do that like the dance rebel movement, you know, um, of like being a dance rebel, choosing to dance in your own way, like you're essentially saying, hey, screw you, traditional dance world that thinks I should look like X, Y, Z, or that in order to be a quote dancer, I need to be able to like do high kicks or flips or <laughs> all the things you, you see on like TV these days, right? Like, no, I don't, I can dance. I can choose how I want to dance in my own way. And doing that it is like, it's, it's a rebellion to what all those shoulds. And then it's also rebellion in a larger sense. Like earlier when I talked about like how I think like the ballet is like patriarchy and dance form, you know, mm -hmm. I think choosing to dance in your own way and the body you have is, is a rebellion to the patriarchy. If we want to go there, you know, mm -hmm. saying like, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to shut down my body and just be a cog in the wheel of this machine that we're supposed to act a certain way or do a certain thing. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be me and I'm going to let that out, you know, in whatever creative form that, that wants to be expressed. Mm -hmm. So that, that's more of like the philosophical, <laughs> like, you can dance again. And then there's, um, there's a whole program. There's actually an online program um, that's going to be, revealed soon um and I also do in-person sessions here in New York City um there's a full immersion weekend that if you know if you're not here on a weekly basis to do one of like a series of classes you can also come and do an immersion weekend where we dive full on into what your body wants to say in movement. And by the end of the weekend, you create a solo dance piece and you get to share that with wow. people. Yeah. It's, it's really powerful. I like bring tissues every time because it's so <laughs> amazing to see like all these different bodies just moving in their own way, you know, mm -hmm. um, so different everyone is, but just so authentic and beautiful and inspiring to watch. Mm. That sounds amazing. I'm very excited for the online version and yeah, yeah, can't wait. <laughs> um, I would also love to talk a little bit about your business journey and what that has been like. So you already mentioned that you have done different things. You always wanted to help people. You've been different kinds of coaches. 
that's mm-hmm. weird grammar isn't it <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> um and now you've written your book and you have different programs and you're teaching dance but what have you learned as a person and like what has been beautiful and what has been hard mm, yeah wow well I think the whole the whole business side of the journey has I mean that's been its own you know its own journey it's been intense um I think every, I think in every phase where there's been a transition into something else or a different version of it, it's been, it's been me getting closer to who I am and to more of my authentic expression and the ways in which that I want to show up in the world. Um, including, of course, sometimes backtracking into old ways and then coming back to new ways and then going back. And then, you know, it's like, it's never like a linear path. But, um, you know, for me, like I was after college, I was working a nine to five job at a corporate setting for a restaurant chain in New York City. I worked my way through college and then as a barista and then as a production manager at this bakery. And then I was like in their corporate offices working like a nine to five job. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, this isn't this isn't dance. Clearly this isn't what I went to school for with psychology and gender studies. Like what am I doing? So when I started to go on my own health journey later on feeling better, I was like, Oh, I'm going to become a holistic health coach. Right. So like, that was like the first step of being like, I'm quitting this job and I'm becoming a holistic health coach. Great. More in the direction of who I am after years of doing the holistic health coaching. It was like, well, there's more to this, right? Like health isn't only about, kale and brown rice and, you know, that sort of stuff. It's like, well, dance is a part of our health. Our creative expression is a part of our health. Like if we're not, if we're not connecting to that part, like we don't feel like ourselves, right? Like, so then I was like, okay, well now I'm going to start leading creativity workshops. And then that evolved into phasing out of the women's health, phasing into the creativity and life coaching, right? Cool. Another step closer then, um, you know, then, then like the dance piece, then I started leading dance workshops that evolved into dance programs, right. Um, still doing the coaching, right. Then, um, writing started to come up. I started to, and the writing work actually that I was doing for people was more of like some, sometimes it was just a pure, like financial thing where like the dance programs didn't fill as much as I wanted, or I didn't have as many coaching clients as I wanted. How can I take on some some different work, right? I'm a great writer. I wrote for years for the women's health company. I've written my own blog for years. I can help other people write. Boom, started doing that, right? So it's like there's there's been these different iterations that have come up. Um, and I think I'm in the next one right now, to be honest. <laughs> and I'm figuring <laughs> out like what this next version looks like. Um, and I'm also like, you know, in terms of like, what the business model is. And I'm, I don't know if you haven't already tell from the, can, can tell from this conversation, like I'm definitely not someone who like likes structure or following rules, you know, or fitting into the box of what you should do. So I think having a business, it's been hard because I always want to do things and like reinvent the wheel and start a new program. And that's not always sustainable from a business model perspective. So I am definitely in the phase of like, making peace with like, how do, how do I maintain the integrity of my work and my expression and who I am and the message that I want to deliver to the world 
and how how do I how can I be more strategic about the ways in which I'm funneling this out into the world so that I can not only help people but also make a living from it and you know like keep things keep keep the wheels turning in in that sense so I'm still you know those are all questions and things that I'm working through at the moment but I'm very grateful that I've somehow been able to make it work all these years um, self-employed and living in New York city and doing things (laughs) that I actually love. So I'm extremely grateful. These are three huge things. They're really, really big. I'm always so in admiration for people who manage to run businesses in New York. And yeah, I've been thinking a lot about spaces and how we engage with them and living costs and that kind of stuff. And I am, can you still hear me? Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, cool. It was a funny sound in the line. Um, But yeah, I moved to a village in Scotland last year because I really needed to lower my living costs and and be able to take more creative risks. And uh, But I also miss urban environments for sure. And I really love New York and I'm so happy you could make it work. And, And also that there's been fluidity in what shape that is taking because I think that's so important. I think there's a really beautiful fine balance and this like golden sweet spot between creating structures and going in a direction with certainty and knowing this is your life's worth and work and also knowing that energy levels change, inspiration come in and out and what we're excited about just shifts over time. And I think we really need time and space to have that flexibility. And um, that's something that employment has never been able to give me. So I feel <clears throat> so grateful that we get to work for ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, coming back to dancing a little bit, I'm wondering if people are listening and they really kind of feel in their bodies they want to dance again too, what is a good first step? Like what would you, as a really simple, easy thing that people can do, recommend? Yeah. So my my first step recommendation is, Drum roll, please. Dancing alone in your room. Cool. That is what I recommend. It's kind of like what the whole book is about, to be honest. (laughs) But um, that's how I started. That's that's how I started dancing again when after years of being away from it, after feeling way too intimidated to step foot into a dance classroom. Um, Because let's face it, it's like, and, and I've talked to people who have gone through this. I myself have gone through this. I would like you know, like sign up for a class online or buy a 10 class card and be like, I'm going to show up and I'm going to dance. And then the time would come and I wouldn't go (laughs) because I was tired because, and like, there's all those surface excuses, but I also was just like really intimidated and scared. And like, I don't know if I'm going to feel comfortable there. And what if I can't keep up? And what if this, what if that? Right. And so like, I just wouldn't go, but dancing alone in my room gave me permission to just like to be myself, to have fun, to see what dance is like when there is no one watching, when, you know, there's, there's, there's no mirror unless I want there to be, when I can wear what I want, I can play the music that I want, I can, you know, essentially do what I want with dance. Um, so I would say that's the first step. And if, if even that feels intimidating or like, what do I do alone in my room? Um, there's a lot of resources on my website the book dance with this book, like every chapter is a, there's a different theme and there's a different uh, dance break recommendation that you can do alone mm-hmm. in your room. 
So at the end of every chapter, there's something, some sort of structure to give you in which you can um, move. And I would say for anyone listening, one of my favorite ones and a tool that um, I use very often, it's in chapter two in the dance break in chapter two, it's called the dance shuffle. And what you do is you, you pull up your music library, wherever that is for you, Spotify, Pandora, you know, an old fashioned CDs, I don't know. Um, and then you, you hit shuffle, right? So you, you're not going to know what song is going to come up, but you just let three random songs play and you dance to those three songs. Mm. And so it gives it, it gives you an element of, of surprise and of like, and maybe sometimes like maybe it's just purely about the movement and like, that'll be about 10 minutes long and you move and it's awesome. Sometimes there's like, there's a message, there's something that is, uh, in the, in the lyrics or in the song that comes up that you're like, Oh, I really needed to be reminded of that, you know, or like, I'm surprised at how my body is moving in this way to a song that I would have never chosen myself, but here it is. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's, that's a great tool that you can, that you can utilize if you're just alone in your room and you want to start moving again and reconnect to yourself through dance. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's really beautiful. I um, will add to that. Sometimes I also like to think of my movements as regulars, and sometimes that helps. <laughs> I know that sounds really strange, but I also turn music on and just see kind of what happens. And if, if even that feels out of reach, I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to wriggle a little bit, see what happens. Um, usually I do that while I could because um, another kind of funny story that I internalize is that I don't have time to dance and you know it feels like such a luxury to do one thing at a time these days which is really nuts in so many ways but that's a whole other conversation I think but anyway so I think you know why something is cooking why not do a wiggle that's really cool yeah Yeah. Um, before we go I would love to let everyone know what you're currently offering and where they can find you yeah. Um, well, I would say the best thing to do now is go to dancewiththisbook.com mm-hmm. and there you'll find, you can sign up for a free 13 day dance challenge where mm-hmm. each day I'm guiding you with a video and a prompt that you can do alone in your room. Um, there's one currently underway right now and there'll be another one starting soon if you want to do it live with us. And um, yeah, it's just, it's a great way to bring the book to life and to really get you dancing and reviving your creative expression. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can also check out justgrippo.com is my, uh, my main website and the You Can Dance Again program, the Immersion Weekends are coming up. Um, and the Dance Rebel Leadership Training will be launching later this year, which you can get on the wait list for now through that website, which is if you're looking to start your own dance classes in your local areas, um, I can help you. I have a training program. Mm-hmm. I do in doing that. Cool. That sounds really beautiful. And we will link to all that in the show notes. So if people have missed writing it down, that's cool. It will all be there. And I also recommend people follow your Instagram because it's beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so, so much, Jess, for the day. It's been really beautiful. I feel lots more motivation to dance again. Oh, um, yeah. Just talking to you, and I'm really excited to share this conversation and also to see what else you're going to send into you, my inbox. So thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you.